0: if you have your Bibles with you, and I pray you do, if you would like to turn with me to Luke chapter number 13. Luke chapter number 13 will be there in just a moment, and we will just dive in to the word of the Lord this morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it, amen? I thought I might see a sea of orange this morning, so I see—I don't really—I see a few people that's on the on the wagon this morning. The rest of you, I don't know if you just don't care or if you're just trying to be—you just don't care, huh? And uh, so, but uh, it's a big day for a lot of people and all those types of things, and we we understand that. And I I pray your team wins today. Uh, but, uh, I'm glad I'm on team Jesus where I know I'm going to win today. All right. So no matter which one brings it home today, I know this, that the people of God win. Uh, but, uh, but we are, we're going to cheer for Cincinnati today, I guess, just because it's probably the right thing to do. Right. So, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Won't, won't cause division today. We're just going to stay neutral, all right. And uh, but uh, this morning, if the Lord would help us for a few moments, I do want to share with you. And uh, I wish I could have preached you a love message this morning, but I don't. We'll, we'll we'll hit that at the end, just for a minute, and I'll show you how much love God really has for us. But uh, I'm going to share with you a word that God has really. Placed in my heart over the last uh, uh, couple of weeks. And uh, it may sound negative at the beginning, but please, uh, please don't take it that way because that is not the intent this morning. Uh, but I believe that we have to stand to a place uh, where we understand the importance and the significance of the hour in which we live. And uh, I am a firm believer that if there's ever been a time uh, for us to raise the standard, uh, it is now. Because can I tell you that when you have a higher standard, uh, you produce greater. in anything in life, uh, not just spiritually, but in any area of life, when you begin to lower the standard, you begin to make yourself in a place where Quality is forsaken, longevity is uh, done away with. I can remember from being in the, and and I'll just give this little background, for many, many years I was involved uh, in the automotive industry and we produced a lot of parts and and, uh, we was in a stamping department, had many people working with us and for us, but it was amazing to me and that's why I drive particular name brand cars that I do because you understand that some corporations come along and they will tell you this, as long as you're in this parameters, we'll take what you produce. Then there's others that say, if you're in this parameter, we'll take what you produce. But then there is companies such as like Toyota. That's not a plug for them. Uh, But they come, when you start producing for them, they say, if it's not within these parameters, don't send it to us because we're not going to use it on our vehicles. And it was because of their standard they said, we are not going to settle for something that's just halfway put together. What they were saying is this. If it is not something that's going to make us fruitful, if it's not going to make us successful, we don't want it. You and I today as minimal faith must understand that God doesn't just accept anything. And I want to show you that this morning. In a loving way, and it's not to bring condemnation, but it's to tell you this this morning that I believe we must hear the heart of God in this season because God is desiring to do something fresh, uh, but we are in a place where we must understand the importance of being fruitful. So if the Lord would help me this morning. For a few moments, I want to deal with the fruitless fig tree that we find in Luke chapter number 13. If you're able this morning, our custom is to stand for the reading of the word. If you're not able, I totally understand that. So don't feel bad if you have to remain seated. But I want to share just these few verses with you. In Luke chapter number 13, beginning in verse number 6 through verse number 9. We read these words. It says, and he spake also this parable, meaning Jesus. He said, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereof and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit of this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground, or why trouble the ground? And he answers and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it, and if it bear fruit well, but if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your people today. Lord, I pray that for the next few moments you would anoint this vessel to speak your word as you have given it to me. Lord, let it be uh, in a manner where there is an anointing about it, where it will touch the hearts of lives and men and women will stop and pause and reflect. And you and I together as we look at this word today, Lord, I pray we'll come to a place where we understand that we need you and we also need to be fruitful in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we deal with this fruitless fig tree this morning, I really want to address and show you the danger of being an unfruitful generation. I know in our culture today it is not popular to address the negative things that's going on around us. It is very quickly we become labeled as radical and many other things, but it seems that many Are refusing to acknowledge the dangers of our time but let me say to you this morning evil is present at every corner and we cannot afford to ignore the realities of this moment we cannot just hope that it will all just go away but evil is not going to go away nor darkness is not going to vanish on its own but the church is going to have to once again become a vineyard that is producing fruit like those that have came before us. In this passage of scripture, we know that it holds a symbolic message. And let me give that message to you just so we can have a better understanding as we move forward together today. We know that in this passage of scripture that I just gave to you, the tree, the fig tree, is representing Israel. And we know that Israel is the chosen people of God. But can I tell you today that you and I that make up the church, we are the spiritual Israel of this time. We also know that the owner of the vineyard that is mentioned in this passage is representing God himself. While the dresser of the vineyard is Jesus Christ. And we find that the three years that is mentioned in this story is concerning the three years of earthly ministry that Jesus has just participated in up to this point of this, of this very moment that we're reading. And we find that it makes it very clear that even though Israel has witnessed all of this great and marvelous things that Jesus has done in their presence, we find that they still are rejecting him. They still are refusing to accept him. And therefore in every way and therefore we find that the Lord himself is looking and saying I am very disappointed in the fact that Israel is not accepting that which I am offering them. And we find it almost appears that Jesus, even in this story, he begins to make intercession for them because when you read this, the the owner of the vineyard simply says, I've come for three years. I've came and visited uh, throughout these three-year period, and I've not found any fruit, so therefore cut it down. But the dresser, Ben Jesus, simply says, but let it alone this year as well. Maybe this year will be a year that something comes forth from it. And that's why he simply says, let me just dig around it. Let me dung it. Let me, let me bring some things. Let me try one more thing that maybe it will begin to produce fruit. And we find that when you look in the pages of your Bible, that it did not bring fruit because we see that Israel was utterly destroyed. And the very one that was interceding for them is the very one that they cried, crucify him. What a heartbreaking story, if it ended there. But we know, when we look through the pages of Scripture, it doesn't end there. But it brings me to the place this morning that I need to speak to you from, and I must ask the question, how fruitful is our lives Meaning, how well are we reproducing or accepting the things of God? In the beginning, the assignment that was given to Adam outside of caring for the garden was very clear. And you can read it in Genesis chapter number 1. Verse 26 through 28, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Notice, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth but then we see that after the great flood after the windows of heaven is closed up and the waters abate that you read of in Genesis chapter 8 after the lord said it is repenteth me that i have made man we know this, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And we find that for the saving of his family, there is an ark that has been built. And We find that the animals are in this ark and now the waters have abated. And you come to Genesis chapter eight, verse number 15. And it says, God spoke to Noah again. And this is what he said to him. He says, be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. But then in Genesis nine and one, he says, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. The same thing that he said to Adam. What am I saying this morning? These are just two very quick examples of what Jesus, uh, or what God rather says, he desires of you and I for us to be fruitful and to be men and women that have multiplication in our life. We look at our world today and we find that there's many things taking place. But one thing that is not taking place in many places, especially in the northern part in the Western world is this, there is not a lot of multiplication in the body of Christ. While we see buildings with half moons been hung on top of them in record number, we are seeing buildings with steeples begin to be boarded and closed because of the simple fact we no longer value fruitfulness. Please hear me. Paul clearly writes to inform us of the purpose of the structure of the New Testament church. Allow me to give that to you this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11 through the following. It says that he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers... Notice, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. But then you go to verse number 15. Speaking the truth in love, so that we may grow up in the in all things, which is the head even Christ, "...from whom the whole body fitly joined together and have compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body." We find that Paul was simply saying the fivefold ministry has been given to this last day church for one purpose and one purpose only... It is for multiplication. It is for fruitfulness. And I want you to understand today, we have to ask the hard question this morning, so why is it that we are witnessing such an absence of fruitfulness? Can I tell you today, there is not a large number of men and women that's raising their hand saying, I want to be part of ministry. Every month, we're having 1,800 pastors turn in their credentials and simply say, I'm not going to do it anymore. Think about it. It's a generation that is spiraling out of control while we see a lack of spiritual leadership. But we come back to a place, and I began to really go into depths and begin to study and spend some time alone with the Lord. And I said, God, why is it that we're seeing such a pandemic of fruitfulness been absent from our lives and from our sanctuaries? Why is it? But then I began to be drawn back to John chapter number 15. And we find this, and it's a very familiar passage of Scripture in your Bible, and many of you probably can quote many of the verses in it. But let me give you the first eight verses of this chapter. These are the words of Christ, they're written and read in your Bible, and it simply says this, I am the... I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now we are clean through the word which have I spoken unto you. Notice he says, "'Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me.'" I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. But if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples.'" I stand before you today with a word from the Lord that I believe is, is very much for this hour. And there must be a change. I don't come to bring bad news this morning, but I do come to sound the alarm. And and I know it's not popular, but much like the the prophet Ezekiel in in Ezekiel 33, he said, you're a watchman on the wall. you got to sound the alarm. So today I want want you to understand with me this morning that it isn't just enough to stand or to be seated in a vineyard. Today when I begin to talk about a vineyard, I'm not necessarily talking about a natural garden garden, but I'm talking about the body of Christ, the church uh, in America especially. Uh, It's it's wonderful that we're sitting here today, uh, but this isn't all there is, uh, because can I tell you, you can sit in the vineyard uh, and you can still die lost. Uh, You can sit in the vineyard uh, and still not produce fruit. Uh, You can sit in the vineyard and still be bombarded by darkness uh, and by the demonic powers of hell in such a manner uh, that you just don't know. If you're going to make it another day. But you and I need to understand that in this moment of time, when we've gotten really good at being professional when it comes to church, we've become very elegant. We have, if you would say it this way, we've moved from the other side of the tracks. We once had nothing. We once had potbelly stoves. We once had our meetings in garages. We once didn't have the money to facilitate all of the things that we have. But one thing that we did have then uh, is we had anointing, we had power, and we had the authority of God. Uh, And listen... I don't want to go back to a potbelly stove. Uh, Listen, I don't want to go back to an unair conditioned building. Uh, I I appreciate all that God has given. Uh, So I'm not saying we have to lose those things, but I'm saying uh, that we have gotten so polished uh, and now instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, uh, we now are letting people uh, that begins to build programs and says, well, if you want to be successful, uh, do this and do that. Uh, And what we now have uh, is we have a church uh, in America that looks just like the club in America. Uh, We have turned all our lights out. We've added all the smoke. We've added all the lights uh, and saying this is what will reach a generation. Listen, if you want to do that, I have no problem with that. Uh, But I'm going to tell you, that's not going to save a generation. Uh, The only thing that will save a generation is the power and the anointing of God. Uh, Listen, uh, I'm not going to argue with your method, uh, but I am going to stand here and tell you uh, that if all we have is methods, uh, we have nothing. We will not have a tree that is bearing fruit. But we are witnessing right now. Please hear me. And I am speaking from experience. I'm not talking about something that I don't have any knowledge of. But this is what my days are every day, week after week after week. We are witnessing our young as well as our old be overran by the kingdom of darkness right before our eyes. Listen, it is almost weekly that I walk into a home and I bring out an elderly man that's been snorting cocaine or shooting things in his veins because he can't cope with life. And at the same time, I deal with children from five years old to 15 years old to 18 years old that says I have no reason to live. Listen, you can bury your head in the sand if you want to, but there's a devil that's telling them that they have no purpose. Uh, but I come to tell you uh, you are beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made uh, and you've got a reason to live this morning. (coughs) But we come to church we put our tie on or we put on whatever and we come in and say, yeah, we got it all together. But listen, we no longer weep for the lost. We no longer focus on eternity. We no longer see it as important to even come to an altar and pray for somebody that does come. When the preacher makes a plea, we're just watching our clocks and saying, well, will they hurry up, I got to get somewhere. Listen, there's got to be something. something. Something change in our culture. In record numbers, we are abandoning the house of God. All the while, we ask for his favor and his blessing and his anointing. We're more concerned about our favorite team and their success than we are about our own children's well-being when it comes to spiritual things. We seldom, if ever, pray with our spouse. Heaven forbid that we begin to once again have camp meeting and revival services because what in the world is the leadership thinking, don't they know I'm busy? Then we wonder why our streets are overran with crime and violence. We no longer can allow our children to play in our yard because of the danger. Our wives men can no longer walk into our local Kroger without looking over their shoulder because of evil. The fastest growing business in the United States of America this morning as we're sitting here in our own little bubble is human trafficking and slavery. Think about it. Today, in the United States of America, there is hundreds of law enforcement officers in disguise because of a Super Bowl that's getting ready to play. And they're not dealing with drugs. They're not dealing with violence with guns they're dealing with predators that's looking to grab boys and girls to put in slavery please hear me you drive by some of the nicest subdivisions in our nation with five hundred thousand dollar homes and million dollar homes and it says oh they got it all together but what you don't realize is in the basement of those houses is padded cells for slavery But yet we're going to come to church and we're going to sing a song and hear a message and then we're going to go back and just do our life. Please hear me this morning. Drugs are flowing in our streets. They're flowing in our schools. But unfortunately, they're flowing in our churches as well. We sing the songs, we preach the word, but we refuse to surrender our lives. And therefore, we are fruitless. It's not about how good we play the game, my friend. But it's about how well we've prepared for eternity. I got to tell you this morning, there's a whole lot of good people going to end up in hell. I know this message is not a message you grow a church by, but you please hear me. It's not about numbers this morning for me. It's about understanding that there's only one way for us to really have fruit. And as if we come back to what John 15 says, where we began to abide in him. That's right. Mommies and daddies hear me as well as young men and women alike. The only way you're ever going to have true success is if you stay the course and stay with God no matter what it may cost. You see, when Jesus is talking and sharing this parable in Luke chapter 13, in order for us to fully understand it, you have to understand the conversation that was taking place before he shares this parable. There's a group of people that's saying, did you, did you know those Galileans down there of their behavior and what they did? He said, "Oh, they're bad, they're bad, they're bad." And the Lord simply says, "You know, you say they're the worst of sinners, but he says, you're in the same boat as them because you're not been fruitful." He proceeds a little further. He says, "You know, there's another group that behaved in a manner that you say is just completely completely unacceptable." And he said, "But you're just as lost as they are." He said, "Because you're not fruitful." This morning, I have to ask the question again, how fruitful are we? What does that mean? When you began to do research with Barna Research and many others, as well as many other organizations that have did very well in the Christian world, many of them now are releasing statistics that show that, It's very mind-boggling to me but nearly 98% of many people, it says, will never lead another person to know Jesus Christ. You and I today, please hear me, when we really begin to abide in Christ, it will be natural conversation for us to tell the world about Jesus. You can talk about anything else you want to, that's fine. But can I tell you the conversation should always revert back to a place where Jesus is. You may ask, what is a fruitful life? I can give it to you very quickly. Matthew chapter number 28, verse 18 through 20, often referred to as the Great Commission. Jesus has resurrected. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. But Jesus came and he spake to this group of people, and he says this: All powers given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And then he says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You see, in order for us to become fruitful, we must abide with Him. But we also must be willing to go unto all the world. John 14 and 12 says this Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. I don't know if you have looked at the resume of Christ, but it's pretty impressive. He touched it blind eyes and they was open. He calmed the storm. He made lame men walk. He took nothing and fed 5,000. Pretty amazing. He spoke, things changed. But he says greater than these you shall do. How is that possible? It's possible because of this simple fact when you begin to look at the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father desires for you and I to be fruitful. And that's why when Jesus ascended, he, the Holy Spirit, descended. So that you and I could be what? Witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. What am I saying? The Holy Spirit has come so that you and I could be fruitful in our walk with God. And we are fruitful when we begin to operate in faith, believing. Notice, we must let Christ have his perfect work in us and through us. We see the love of God on display in this passage of Scripture Notice Jesus in this story, been the dresser. Notice where we began this morning. God says, cut it down. It's not bringing any fruit. But then we see Jesus Christ in the picture of this story. And I want you to envision this this morning. As there's a fig tree that is barren. The owner says, I've come time after time after time, and it's not bore any fruit. Just cut it down. But the dresser says, just let it stay this year because I'm going to do something. I'm going to kneel down, and I'm going to dig around all the dirt, and I'm going to dung it. Christ wants you to bring forth fruit so much, get this, that he's willing to get down in the dirt and to get the dung all over his hands so that you can bear fruit. No greater love than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. What's that really mean? Jesus come to a place where he humbled himself in such a manner that he says, I'm willing to deal with all of the junk just so you can be fruitful. So today i have to ask the question, are we in the vineyard? Yes, it's wonderful to be in the vineyard. But are we fruitful? Because can I tell you, there's coming a day that there's going to be a group of people that's going to hear some very sad words. So young and old alike, hear me. I don't care what the experts are saying today. I don't care what new theology has been presented today. If it goes against this written word of God, it's not of God. But this word is very, very clear, and I have to give it to you in a very sombering way today. Maybe a way you don't necessarily want to hear. But in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works. But then Jesus says, and then will I profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What a sad day. You see, he's talking to a people that's been in the vineyard that wasn't fruitful so don't buy into this thing that's been presented that you can say a prayer accept him into your heart and then just go about and do what you want to do it's a life of sacrifice it's a life of commitment it's a life of understanding that we must reproduce so when you look over your shoulder today What's really following us? Is there multiplication? Is there reproduction? Or are we just simply a fig tree that is fruitless? As they come to the piano this morning, I want us to hear this sobering truth today. It's not enough just to be in the vineyard. It's not enough just to come, show our face, put on our smile. It's not enough just to give an offering and an alms. But we must ask ourselves today, is my life really fruitful? I can tell you this morning, we do not judge our fruitfulness by what we possess in material things. We judge our fruitfulness by a generation. The question must be asked is, are we impacting them? Are we making a difference? Are we providing life? Are we being that illuminating light that's going to penetrate darkness? I have said this before but please allow me to say it again and it's a very simple reality it's a simple question it's a simple analogy. The truth of the matter is that 50% of our churches in Connorsville Indiana could close their doors today and it really would not have that much of an impact on our community in the short term. The longevity, it may be a different story, but in the now, if we turn the lights out today and close the doors and say we're done, it's not going to disrupt our community. If we're not careful. But if we walk into Walmart today and turn their lights out and lock the doors and tell them we're done, your lives are disrupted. If we walk into Kroger, turn their lights out, close the doors, say we're no longer in business, your life has just been majorly disrupted if you live in Connorsville, Indiana. Why? It's because they're providing things that you need because they're fruitful in what they do. It's a testimony against us, my friend, when we can lock the doors of the house of God and the world continues to go on like it's always been. It's a testimony against us of our fruitfulness. Listen. Today, the house of God used to be the place people would run to when they're in trouble. But now, even people that sitting in the vineyard, when they find themselves in trouble, they run away from it. But I have to bring correction this morning and tell you that this is still a place of strength. This is still a place of healing. This is still a place of deliverance. This is still a place where you can be made whole. And this is a place that will make you fruitful. But if you never visit this, and if you don't live in this, you'll never be fruitful. You'll be in the vineyard. But there'll come a day that you may just be cut down. And I pray that you hear my heart this morning. I pray that you hear the heart of your pastor. I don't want to see anybody cut down. But I want you to get the picture of Jesus. He doesn't want you to be cut down either. And that's why he's kneeling down symbolically this morning. And he's still digging around you. He's digging around the dirt around you. All of the dirt of your life, he's digging through it. All of the dung of your life, he's digging through it. And he's saying, leave it alone. Let's not cast judgment just yet, but let grace and mercy be brought again today because maybe, just maybe, they'll become fruitful in this season. Please hear me. It isn't until we're willing to lay down our life that we're really ever able to begin to live. And God wants you to live today. This preacher wants you to live today. I want the rest of your days to be more fruitful than any day you had before. But we're only fruitful when we abide in Him. So I have to ask you this final question today. Can you honestly, truly say that you're abiding in Him? I'm not asking you about church attendance. I'm not asking you is your name on on the book of the church. I'm not asking you about events, or I'm asking you are you abiding with him? Because his word is very clear. If you're abiding with me, then yeah, you have to go through some seasons where maybe he purges you and maybe he brings correction to you, but it's to bring more beauty and more fruitfulness to you. The whole reason that things are happening the way they are in our world today right now is God is allowing us to go through a purging so that we can become more fruitful. So don't misinterpret what's going on. But the question is will we, not asking about anybody else, but will we abide in Him? And will we begin to become fruitful? How do we do that, pastor? We do that by simply, by simply trusting in Jesus in every area of our life. This morning as we stand all over the house, I know it was a little different today, maybe. But in Genesis chapter number 17, Abram was 90 years old and 99 he was 99 years old and the Lord comes and speaks to him and he he says I want you to walk before me he said I want you to be in covenant with me and Abram fell on his face and he began to talk with God and We find that as he began to come into covenant with him, the Lord said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And he said, by the way, I'm no longer going to call you Abram. I'm going to call you Abraham. This is what he said to him in chapter 17, verse number 6. And he said, because you come into covenant with me, he says, I will make thee exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of thee and kings shall come up out of thee. Here's what I want to say to the church today. If you will walk in covenant with him, you have no idea what can come up out of you. But I can tell you this. I could stand here all day long and tell you Stories of men and women all throughout your Bible and all throughout history that made the decision to come into covenant with God that began to be exceedingly fruitful. The only thing that's keeping us from being fruitful today is our unwillingness to come into covenant. Doesn't matter what the world's doing. Doesn't matter how chaotic it is. Doesn't matter how difficult it is right now and maybe in areas of your life. Here, please hear me this morning. You do not have to be a fruitless fig tree standing in the vineyard, but you can be a fruit tree that is bringing forth great fruit in the midst of great devastating hour. But listen, my friend, it all comes from being in covenant. So I ask you this morning, Are you just trying to date God or are you trying to enter into covenant with God? Young people, please hear me. I I don't believe in just dating to date. I believe dating with a purpose. My daughter and my son-in-law was with me at Dad's night before last. Dad was a little better was talkative and he looked at them and he said how long have you been married and they said just a little over two years You got to understand dad he looked at him and he said why don't you have a kid yet <laughs> <laughs> they said there's one right here we're working on he said two years don't have a kid yet You got to understand that generation he's like you should already had one What he was saying is gotta be fruitful. Now, I don't know if I'm using that. Sometimes it's better to wait, okay? I'm not gonna go against my father. Sometimes you just, just, just wait. God will let you know when it is. But what I'm saying is this, I shared that story because this, for this thing to continue on, if God delays his coming, if we're not producing we have to ask the question who's going to carry it on whether y'all want to admit it or not there was an old person looking back at you in the mirror this morning I don't know how they got there but they did in my mind I'm still 18 in my body Lord help me Jesus and somehow that mirror always reflects what the body's feeling sometimes. But the thing is, if it ends with me, if it ends with you, what is there for this generation? So when I ask, oh, we've been fruitful, I ask this. Have we really taught a generation how to Pray. Are we really teaching a generation to tarry at the altar? Are we really teaching a generation to fall in love with Jesus? Are we really teaching the generation to fall in love with the Word? Have we taught them? Have we showed them what it is to walk with God? Have we really really bent that fig tree? It has all of this fruit on it where it says, hey, we're going we're gonna to eat of that because that's pretty cool. Listen, there's guys that I've traveled with that blow my mind because I've seen them hear the call of God and say, God says go there and do this. And in their generation, they didn't have the luxuries that we have, but they had $10 in their pocket, but yet they had 3,000 miles to travel. So they just got in the car and went. But because there was a fig tree that was full of fruit, seemed like whenever that car decided to stop and there wasn't nothing in it, there was somebody that come and got a piece of fruit off their tree and left something behind. Listen, we're serving a mighty God, a good, good God, and he wants you to be fruitful today. This morning, Let's don't be the fruitless fig tree. But let's be the the tree in the garden. It's hanging full for a generation to partake of. Let's produce so much fruit that our limbs begin to break and bend. My brother Alvin, several years, had a... When they first had their property where they're at now, they couldn't grow a tree for nothing. They got trees finally after 30 years, they got trees. But there was a, in the backyard, there was an old peach tree. It wasn't no big for nothing. But every year, year after year, it produced the most beautiful peaches for years until I think a storm took it out. But it was hanging down and nearly reaching the ground because of the weight of the fruit that was on it. It was that fruitful. I say, Lord, let me be that tree. That tree it came back. I don't even know why the Lord brought that to my memory this week. I said, Lord, let me be that tree. Let me be so fruitful that I'm just hanging down from the weight of it so that people can begin to come and partake of it. I pray that's your prayer this morning. Maybe this morning, and I'm closing, maybe this morning you would simply say, Pastor, I don't feel like I'm too fruitful. feel like I'm just existing. I'm not necessarily producing. Can I tell you this morning, God does not want you just to exist. But we still have one that's making intercession for you and I, and His name is Jesus. And this morning what He's doing is simply digging and dunging our lives. And he's simply saying, maybe this time they're going to bring fruit. Maybe you've struggled in areas of life. Can I tell you today, cast your cares upon him, and he will give you rest. He will give you strength. He'll give you peace. But he simply says that we must make the decision to come. Amen? So right now, every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment today. We're going to pray. Nobody looking around this morning, but you'd simply say this, Pastor. I want to be fruitful. I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand and put it right back down. You say, this message has touched me this morning. God bless you. Hands all over this building. God bless you. I want to be fruitful this morning as we bring our time to a close today in just a few moments but before we do we begin the process of becoming fruitful by just making a fresh commitment to abide in him so this morning right where you are I'm just going to ask you to lay your hand on your neighbor this morning is that right? and I want us to pray together corporately I feel the sweetness of his spirit this morning. And I want you to just begin to pray for the one that you have your hand on today. And I want you to just begin to intercede for them. And I want you to just begin to pray that whatever it may be that may be causing obstacles and unsettling events in their life I want you to speak to that and just by the authority of the Lord that's in you to command that to be broken off their life and begin to speak words of life over them today dear heavenly father we stand together as a body of Christ Lord today we know this that you are the giver of life that you are the one that is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we could ever ask or think Lord, we know this morning that it is your desire for all of us in this room and all of those that are joining us by way of live stream today. It is your desire for us to be fruitful. And today, Father, we come knowing this, that we must abide in you. And Father, today we're, we're making a request today for you to forgive us of our failures, forgive us of our Lack, forgive us of maybe being just too complacent and too comfortable in our walk. And Father, today we come and we renew our commitment to you, and we 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 say this and we give voice to it today. Lord, we are we are not abandoning our covenant with you, but we are renewing our covenant with you. And Father, we're asking that you would just. Let your face shine brightly upon us and that you would do what only you can do as we abide in you. And Father, today I pray that your word would come alive in these men and women. I pray that when they would go to their place of prayer and their place of devotion, Lord, that they would begin to just sit at your table in such a manner. Lord, that there would be strength renewed and that there would be greater vision and revelation brought to them. But Father, we know this, that we have an adversary, and he often comes in and tries to distort. He brings lies, and he tries to bring distractions. And Father, we speak to every distraction, every lie, every attempt of the enemy to bring destruction and fruitlessness to your people today. And we command that to go back to the pits of hell where it came from, and we speak life, we speak liberty, we speak freedom, we speak increase over every life, over every family. (coughs) We command darkness to flee. And we proclaim the light of the gospel to penetrate the darkest areas of lives. And I speak a word of release over families. I speak to every demonic thing that would try to raise itself up against this generation of young and old alike. And Lord, I pray that they would begin to see your purpose, your plan, that they would see your word come alive in them. Lord, I thank you that in your word it says that in the last days there would be an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon all flesh. And Lord, we have seen that throughout times But Lord, we know that in the latter moments that we find ourselves in, that we're in the time where it reads of the former and the latter coming together. And Father, I thank you for the rain that's about to come. I thank you for the rain that is even presently here and falling now. Because Lord, I know that you've done your work. You've been... Stirring up the ground, and you've been dunging around our lives. And Lord, I thank you for the fruit that's about to come to the trees that's standing in this room right now. I debunk the lie of the enemy that tells you you will never be fruitful. And I decree and declare that by the word of God that you are fruitful. Because the word of the Lord is present in your life. Lord, I thank you for that which they're getting ready to give birth to. I thank you for the souls that's going to be won because of their testimony and the lives that they're living before a a generation. Lord, I pray that you would help us though to be the salt and the light that you've called us to be. And Father, not only do I speak words of life, but I speak words of healing. Spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing. To every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every family that's represented in this room. Lord, I thank you for the revival fires that's beginning to burn because of the fruitfulness of your people in this season. Lord, as we are Lord, as we're ending the season of winter in just a few weeks in the natural, Lord, I sense in my spirit that there's a winter season closing in the spirit as well. And God, I just go ahead and thank you prophetically right now for that which is about to bloom in your house in the United States of America. Lord, I thank you for what you're about to give birth to. Lord, I thank you for sons and daughters that's about to be heard in the sanctuary again. I thank you, Lord for the, the, the sound of the infant cry of the backsliders that's coming home. Lord, I thank you for the wayward're children that's about to be found in the house of God again. Lord, I thank you for that release that's coming to the one that's been bound by addictions of all sorts that's about to experience the sound of freedom, Lord, that they have never heard. And Lord, we lift up a generation And we call forth that which you've placed in them. Lord, we call forth a powerful preacher, a powerful worship leader, a powerful teacher. Lord, we call forth the prophets of this generation. Lord, we call forth the teachers of this generation. Lord, everything that would try to hinder them, Father, let it be broken and let there be a reemerging and a passion for the things of God. Lord, this morning we stand corporately and we lift before you our nation. And Father, we speak life over her. We speak protection over her. And Father, I pray for every demonic plot to be exposed. And Lord, I pray that the rest of the wheels will fall off the chariots of Pharaoh's army that's pursuing after God's people in this season and that was trying to destroy our nation. But Father, today I pray and I speak a word of protection over our military that's been dispatched around the world today. And Lord, we don't stand idly by. But Lord, we raise up a standard this morning. And Father, I command that there are angels of the Lord be encamped around about them, and let there not be no harm come neither dwelling. But Father, I speak to the demonic forces that's wanting to cause war that would propel us into World War III. That's what the enemy would like today, Lord. But Lord, we speak against that darkness and we drive it back in faith believing that Lord, this is a day, this is an hour of life and liberty and freedom. Father, today, I pray for no loss of life. Lord, I pray that there would be a divine interruption take place. I pray that there would be a rising up of spiritual men and women, prophetic voices begin to stand and take authority in the spirit realm. Lord, in your word it says that we can bind and loose. And that which we do doesn't just affect earthly and heavenly realms, but affects both together and jointly at the same time. Father, today, we thank you for the freedom that we have in you. But Lord, we pray for a generation to experience you and your power and in your glory. Lord, we pray this prayer together today. And Lord, as we prepare to leave your house, but not your presence, I take a moment and I pray a blessing over your people. I pray that you would shine brightly upon them, give them blessed peace. Let them be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going out. Lord, let their businesses be blessed. Let their families be protected. Let unexpected increase come to them and let it be a testimony of the fruitfulness of your Holy Spirit in their lives. But Lord, let us not look at those blessings and those things that you bring us. And discard them but let us share them and let us disperse them where we can touch a generation for the advancing of the kingdom in jesus name we pray and the church says amen and amen may the lord bless you may keep you may shine brightly upon you give you blessed peace hey everyone uh, cameron here from ptc ministries i'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you can take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us, uh, click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms and don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. I feel like a YouTuber here, but don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, And thank you for joining us.